0: David, how how long have you been at this church? <laughs> um, Thirteen years. Right. <laughs> so you should be introducing me most weeks, really. Yeah. We were fine with the fast part of the first bunch. Okay, it yeah. came came with the church plant. So can I pray for you as you, you come and preach to us? Yeah. Yeah. please. Father, we pray for David. We thank you for him. I thank you for his faithfulness. I thank you for his skill and his wisdom. And we pray for him um, as he speaks to us. And we pray for ourselves that we would hear um, what you have to say through your word. In Jesus' name. amen. 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 Thank you. Well, good morning. We've been following an ish, uh, um, a series, Jesus and Real Issues, fairly practical sermons. Uh, we've taken and talked about time, I think ambition. I think last week it was health. We missed that. Uh, and um, actually, we could probably have done with that one. Um, death, no, we couldn't have done with that one. But, uh, so really quite practical, practical issues. And a few weeks back, Richard, our um, talked, terrific talk on shopping. Never heard a talk on shopping before in my life. It's not my particular weakness, but there we are. Um, and today, the topic is Jesus and debt, which I guess isn't sometimes totally unrelated to shopping. Um, a debt is not an attractive word. It carries with it very negative thoughts and connotations. It's unwelcome baggage, and we would very much like to do without it. Um, in our British culture, we uh, tend to be a little embarrassed to talk about money, um, our finances. This isn't true of all cultures. Um, many years ago, on a business trip over to the States, a little way out of New York, I was at a, I think, a small reception was introduced to a guy. His first question was, what do you make? No, what do you do? So I told him what I did. Then his next question was, what do you make? So I hope I said in a very British accent, pardon me. Um, But, uh, and he said, how much money do you make? And I thought that was really cheeky. You know, this is a sort of British... And I said, enough. And um, You know, this is is what can happen. But coming very close to home, and one thing I think we are quite bad at in this church is talking about money. Um, Now, there are many things that I think uh, we're very good at at the church. We do well, and that's why we're here. Uh, And I hope I can get away with saying this, because I'm not on the staff. I'm not a main leader, uh, and Rich is out the back. Um, but what we're bad at is mentioning money, finance, giving to the life of the church and the church community. Now, usually we don't have a collection. Nearly every church does. And, and that's great because we don't want to embarrass people. We don't want people to feel they need to come to the church to give. Um, I mean, many give by standing order. Some people put in the box at the back. Uh, but a large part, this is a reaction against. People saying the church is all about getting money off people. And it's also the very minority of churches that make a song and dance about money all the time and is totally embarrassing. So we're embarrassed a lot of the time. We're uncomfortable talking about money, giving, and for very un- understandable reasons. But Jesus wasn't the least embarrassed about talking about money. Debt wealth, poverty, giving to others, giving, was a big part of his teaching. In fact, nearly a half of the parables are all on these subjects. Uh, He talks more about money than anything else, but he's talking about the kingdom of God. And we're just going to read in Matthew, if you'd be kind enough to take your Bibles, chapter 6, it's page 971, it's the right-hand page at the top Just part of this, what's being called the Sermon on the Mount. And it starts right at the top of page 971, Treasures is Heaven, in Heaven. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then jumping to verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I'm going to talk um, a little about death in a moment or two, but I want to give a context here. What is enough in material terms? What are our expectations? Um, Now, my age group was really the first generation where there was a significant proportion of us uh, were able to indulge in discretionary spending, um, to have real choices, where we live, what we buy, where to go, where to travel to in life. Most of you are the second generation. A little context. Now, I was born in the last years of the Second World War. Yes, Second, not First World War. And... Um, my father had a, a, quite a reasonably good job in the government. Um, but believe it or not, there were no McDonald's, no Starbucks, no Costas. Um, Sam, we never we never went out for a meal. Holidays were a rented room in the seaside. Uh, going abroad was the ferry over to the Isle of Wight. Um, and the parents had never been abroad or flown on a plane. There were no expectations such things uh, but it was a happy time now debt I mean debt of any kind was something my father was uncomfortable with um, I remember he saved for a second hand one of those lovely um, Austin black Austin 7s the doors opened the wrong way there was a running board and you had to wind the thing up the front fantastic fun we sort of cheered when we got 30 miles an hour which would only do downhill hill. But I mean, fun times, um, no expectations. And the culture then was that you bought things only when you'd save the money. Uh, I remember my father had a problem taking out a small mortgage for me, moved to a larger house. He didn't want to do it, and he paid it off as soon as he could. But now, if we kick on now, some 60 or more years on, we have a very different world. We've been spared another world war, while the countries have been ravaged by war and civil war, as we know. We've been blessed materially. Our expectations have rocketed sky high. There are pressures to keep up to be successful, and so often that success is deemed to be in material terms, what we have, what what it looks like, what we have. And we have a world where we're being sold debt, in a way, to meet these enhanced expectations. I mean, debt financing is a product. It's packaged up to look attractive, to enable us to have almost anything it said that we want. Adverts encourage us to treat ourselves. Uh, Clever marketing suggested that we should have this attractive product because we really deserve it it wouldn't be right for us to deny ourselves. Um, an afternoon trip to Ikea confronts you with many items you never knew you really needed. Credit cards really got going in the 1970s. And before that, it was either cash or check. Today, unsolicited credit cards arrive, don't they, on the map very often, uh, regularly. And if you're buying a major item in a store the store encourages you to take their credit facilities they want to sell you the item and they want to sell you a package big time do profit twice it's very easy to get carried away to find debt piling up and getting out of control so back to our passage do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth which you're, not, which you're going to have to give up, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven. And the key words here are for yourself. It doesn't mean that we're not to save, that's not what it means. It's not means business wouldn't operate if people didn't save, provide for old age, um, support your children and education and whatever. But what it means, what it's saying is for yourself, for your own enjoyment, hoarding money for the sake of it, for your own indulgence. And Jesus saying is this is terribly, terribly short sighted, because you're going to lose it very soon. You see, I guess if you are saying that this life is all that there is, there's no God who cares, no consequences for our actions here and now, I guess there is a sort of bizarre logic in saying to yourself, well, let's grab what we can while we can. There's very little doubt that erosion of real faith in our country and in Western Europe uh, in the last decades has fueled an avalanche of materialism that we see all around us. But faith, Real faith has to say a real no to these attitudes. The funeral service refers to the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. And as followers of Jesus, we are confident, in fact, we are very confident that what we experience here and now is only the beginning and not the end. And it makes infinite sense for us to think what it means when Jesus talks about treasure in heaven the things that ultimately really matter, things done primarily for the glory of God and perhaps secondary for the welfare of other people, acts of service and kindness, money given away for God's kingdom and to others conform. Jesus is saying part of our heavenly capital where our treasure is. Now, our attitude to money will influence our view of debt debt which is really using other people's money uh, has always been part of life and there are certain things where it's sensible if we're managing to buy a house a mortgage is sensible if you're a student now sadly when i went you didn't but you have to have a student loan that's sensible it's an investment uh, in the future but for normal consumption I suggest very iffy. Credit cards, unless they are paid off every month by direct debit you're getting ripped off. Uh, you're paying much, much more than you need to. Personal bank loans are a little bit better, but best to avoid. Interest free credit basically means that you're paying more for the product in the first place to finance the credit. So think about this when we're when we're, we're doing these things and buying things. Um, what's wrong with buying when you've saved up the money? What's wrong with being sensible? You'll feel better about it. Funny, different thoughts um, come across our mind. Davina and I went out on Friday and, with some really very old friends and uh, they took us down to the pub in Wife's new Golf, lovely car. I sat in the front, integrated sat nav, and I thought, "Well, that is really nice." Now we have a ten-year-old Golf goes beautifully; never had a problem with it. But you know, you put the Hulford sat nav on the top, and then you go around the corner fast, and it whizzes off. You know, so it would be, be nice to have an integrated one. And I thought, either so, you know, did think from it, this would be really nice. Um, but I don't need one this car will probably outlast me another 10 years actually as the way it's going it certainly will but, but no I mean it's, it's, I don't need it we don't need it if we financed it you'd pay about a quarter more your insurance would go up why do you need it well that's. What's... but we're t- so tempted aren't we we're so bombarded with advertising and whatever I mean we, we tend to like the sort of, I think, detective sort of dramas on ITV. But the annoying adverts, so what you do, I'm sure you've got television that does that, you pause it or you pre-record it and then you start watching it 15 minutes later and you fast-forward all the adverts. I mean, it's, it's the it's all, all about us, all, all, all around us. Now... You don't want to talk about economics or financial planning. There's endless good advice out there, but debt is a major issue for many of us today. Debt advice charities are overwhelmed. I think it's said that one in every five adults has unsecured lending of over £10,000. And money... Is actually very often the predominant issue in marriage breakdown. If you're a couple, do you have a joint account? Good idea. Um, for trust and accountability. Often one's a saver and others a spender. Good to have a, a good balance and to discuss it with you, with each other. Now, things happen in life. Now, we all know, and adverse circumstances can come against us, and not everyone's in the same category, as it were, of debt. But Jesus' teaching asks us very clearly to be in control of our money, not to let our money be in control of us, to not be under the burden of debt all the time. If we've been unwise in the past, it may take hard work, a bit of sacrifice, to get back on track, but it's so worth it not to be under that pressure of debt. There's always hope, Whatever, however desperate the situation, on a practical level, agencies and charities are very geared up to this now. And a number of charities, including Christians Against Poverty, uh, which we've had some dealings with, a very good charity, give free counselling sessions, and where appropriate, will negotiate with lenders on our behalf, take over the paperwork and agree a repayment, a plan which is acceptable to everyone. If we're in debt, the worst thing we can possibly do is put our head in the sand and hope the problem will go away. Um, It's really good to to have a budget to know what's coming in and what's going out. There's this cap, which is uh, Christians Against, uh, poverty Money course, which we were going to run, we, we, we haven't run it yet, but we've got, I've got a number of these workbooks, which are extremely good, and there's a number on the, by the door there, and you're very welcome to take one if you think it would help, if it's, if it's helpful, and it is helpful for many of us to sort of look through these things and help with budgeting, give us a kick start to get our finances in order. Coming back to this, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The movement of our money signifies the movement of our heart, what's inside us. If we're going to give generously to God's kingdom, to others who are in need, it's saying something about our real selves. Where our money goes, our heart is going, our interest follows. It shows what we really value, our money, and where we're choosing to store our treasure, if we want to use that expression. Now, we we live in an affluent society. Nearly all of us can afford the basics of life. And the question for each of us is, what is enough? The Apostle Paul at the end of his letter to the Philippians, and I think Richard quoted this the other week, says this, I have learnt the secret of being content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learnt the secret of being content in every situation. Handling money well doesn't always come easily to us. But interesting, I think, that the Apostle Paul said that contentment was something that he'd learnt. Interesting, isn't that? That, that um, I was looking at the passage yesterday, implying, I think, that that might not have always been the case. So if we've messed up a bit in this area in the past, uh, we're certainly not alone. But the sooner we learn to control our finances rather than let our finances control us, the happier we'll be. In conclusion, the last part of the passage, Matthew 6, says, Do not worry. God's care is all-embracing. And when we begin to apply our faith to our finances, we can really take these promises to heart. Your Heavenly Father knows, knows what you need but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that you need will be added as well our couch culture has made us vulnerable that the feeling of having lots of things equates to being really alive jesus is urgent and passionate our life doesn't consist in having lots of things. Our life consists of knowing God.